Hi guys and welcome back to the Atlas Weekly Recap, covering the financial news and events of last week and the week ahead as of Monday, August 14th, 2023. In this week's episode, I'll be covering Commonwealth Bank of Australia's profit result from last week as earnings season kicks off here in Australia. We'll also look at the latest inflation data out in the United States for the month of July. And lastly, as always, I'll provide a summary of how equity markets performed last week. So let's get into it. So on Wednesday last week, we saw the results from CBA, Commonwealth Bank of Australia, for the full year to June 2023. And they reported a net profit of $10.16 billion. And this was up 6% from the financial year 2022 result. And this was mostly, I guess, propelled by high official interest rates being passed on to, to customers, allowing the bank to improve its net interest margin. So the, the net interest margin is effectively how banks make money for the, for the most part. So it's the difference between the interest rate earned from borrowers, so what they lend the money out at, versus what they need to pay to depositors. So the, the net interest margin for the year was up 2% from financial year 2022. They did, however, say that the net interest margin was suffering in the second half of the financial year, so for the six months to June, mostly due to loan competition, as well as some higher funding costs as well. We did see the CEO, Matt Common, say that home loans and personal loans with payments more than 90 days overdue worsened over the last six months. Same with those that are 30 days um, overdue or, or in arrears as well. And they do expect this, this trend will, will likely trend higher in the, the financial year ahead. The bank is also bracing for a number of customers in hardship to, so the, the number of customers in hardship to rise as, and this is what a lot of the banks that have been saying, only two thirds of official rate rises have been passed on to borrowers at this point with some fixed rate loans uh, still yet to expire as well. So still a fair few people on fixed rate loans at this point that are going to be switching to a, a variable rate, which might be, you know, three, four times as high as what they're, they're currently on. So based on this result, the company will pay a fully franked final dividend of $2.40 per share to their shareholders. And this takes the total dividend yield for the financial year 2023 up to $4.50. So I guess looking at this from a, a dividend yield standpoint, based on the share price, if, if we say, if we use the share price as a, the 9th of August, when they reported the result of $105, this is a, a dividend yield of 4.3% without factoring in the effect of the, the franking creditor as well. And this is really why Australians love banking stocks. So dividend yield of 4.3%. And if we look at what the, the share price has done over the last 12 months, it's up about 3.4% as well. So it takes the total return up to 7.7% for the year. And after resu the result on Wednesday, the share price was up 2.6% on, on Wednesday. Looking overseas now into the in the United States. So on late Wednesday night at Australian time, we saw a really another really encouraging month of CPI data or consumer price index data in the United States. So it was the, the data for the month of July was released and showed that 
In July in the United States, CPI rose only 0.2% in the month of July, taking the annual rate of inflation to 3.2%. But more importantly, the, the core measure, so the, the measure that removes the, the more volatile items such as food and, and energy, this measure was also lower. So the, the annual rate of core inflation was 4.7%, down from 4.8% in, in June. So this data came out about an hour before the, the market opened. So we did see a great deal of enthusiasm at, at the open, but US markets closed mostly flat on Wednesday with the, the S&P squeezing out a small gain of, of only 0.03%. Uh, so let's take a look at what equity markets did last week. It wasn't the most supportive week for, for equity markets as we did see US bond yields climb. So this also impacted I guess the, the the enthusiasm with the the US CPI data. So because US bond yields were climbing, we, we didn't see as much enthusiasm off the back of that really positive CPI result. So when I say US bond yields climbed or, or rose, this just means that the price of bonds fell. So if we look at a common measure of, of bond yields, most investors will look at US treasury bonds. So how much a, a US Treasury bond is is paying. And when we see the the, the yield rise, we see a, a reduction in, in the price of so people paying less or selling bonds for, for less. And because the coupon attached to these bonds is fixed, the the yield as a proportion, so the coupon as a proportion of its price also increases, but the, the price of that bond has gone down. And rising yields are bad for, for equities as it creates i guess a, a hurdle a hurdle rate for, for equities to to compete with so if, if an investor can get a yield of 4.1 percent on a u.s treasury bond right now it makes shares less attractive also to that there was some weak inflation data out of china this week or last week sorry which showed that prices as measured by their CPI measure, consumer price index, it showed that prices over the last 12 months have actually fallen 0.3%. So China is currently in a deflationary state and this is not, not good for the, for the economy as it means households aren't going to spend. And it also means that I guess households and businesses will, will hold off on spending because if deflation continues, they, they know that they can buy these goods for less uh, into the future as well. So it's just really interesting how the Chinese economy is just the complete opposite to what most other advanced economies are doing where we have the, the issue of inflation. And it just goes to show why it's important that we do have inflation in that two to 3% target range because that allows economies to to grow uh, as as a from a GDP standpoint. Now, looking at some of the the major equity market indexes, the ASX 200 was up 0.2 percent. The US S and P 500 was down 0.3 percent for the week. The Nasdaq Composite was down 1.9 percent. The Eurostoxx 50 was down 0.3. The UK's FTSE 100 was down 0.5 percent. The Hang Seng in Hong Kong was down 2.38 percent. And the Australian dollar was uh, the Australian dollar against the the US dollar fell 1.3% for the week. It's currently now at 65 cents. And again, the the data that we had come out of China didn't support the the strength of the the Australian dollar. So that's probably why we're seeing a bit of weakness there as well.
Look into the week ahead. There'll be some really important data on Australia's employment situation out this week. So we'll see what's called the wage price index. Uh, so it's a measure of, of wage price changes in Australia. So we'll be looking at the data to June. So for the quarter to June, and we'll also, so that comes out on Tuesday. We'll also learn what the latest unemployment rate here in Australia is on Thursday. So these two data points are definitely going to be closely watched by the, the market because it, it all feeds into, you know, price pressures and feeds into inflation in, in the economy as well. Lastly, Australia's earnings season continues. So with the, the full year 2023 earnings results from the likes of car sales, as well as transurban groups. So the, the owner of a lot of toll roads and bridges and, and real assets in, in the infrastructure space. So they'll all be reporting their results this week. That's all for this week, guys. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Atlas Weekly Recap. Thanks for dialing in.